0: rank squad and welcome to another extra episode this week it is a friday and normally on a friday on patreon we do the spotlight or in pre-season we've been doing the notebook Uh, but this time round we are going to be doing a flat preview of la liga which also starts this weekend we're going to be covering you know all the bits and bobs that you need to know about we'll start at the top we'll work our way through down to the bottom where we're going to bring in a special guest david Cartledge, who's going to come in and chat to us about some of the storylines that you might not have heard. A bit like what Jasmine and Alex did with the Bundesliga and Liga last week. Uh, and then we're going to look a little bit more a couple of storylines that take our fancy down the line. Um, but my name is Jack Collins and I will be your host today. And joining me is the Ranked God, Mr. Sam Tai. Hello, my friend. Hello, May, And of course, our transfer guru, Mr. Dean Jones. Hello, Jack. Hello. It's Hello.
2: all good. It's nice. Back in the studio. We're on our own. We're in a studio. No one's watching us right now. We can just do whatever Relaxed. we want. For not Last few post
1: boxes, we've had eagle-eyed spectators. We? Two, well, have annoyed three, people. Four people. They've been
2: trying to do work at LiveScore and they're just trying to get on with it. They can't even talk to each other. They're having to like WhatsApp each other when they're sat next to each other because we're just chatting. I feel and bad. on the last show, should we tell everyone what happened? I think we should, yeah. yeah. I think it's
0: important. We, we started recording. We got to about 40 minutes through the post box and realized that the camera had shut off eight minutes
1: into the <laughs> record the
2: so they had to listen to it twice Yeah, you know, not only was it bad enough to listen it was to it hard work. enough for us to say it again for them to listen to that again was like a gibberish ranking
1: yeah tough tough I mean they could go to the canteen or the cafe I mean obviously yeah, I feel it's their, like, their like, office like, it's we've their, their office we don't work no, at their office no but like they let us use the mic so I'm like well <laughs> if you don't like it then obviously you can go but it does I'm not going to tell them like just leave man because it's it, to be fair it is theirs
0: well okay all right let's get on with la liga shall we by the way um, we love
1: you last score. thank you yeah, for letting us use your yeah, studio yeah exactly
0: <laughs> um right let's move on and let's start at the top of la liga sam it feels only right to talk about the title race as the first thing and i think maybe for the first time ever you look at this and go atletico madrid favorites right now in this title race
1: I'd say so. I'd be interested to get your take on that and then Dean's again, Uh, but I would put Atletico Madrid as the current favourites to win the title, definitely. I mean, what's happened at Barcelona, not just Lionel Messi leaving, but the crisis that they've endured over the course of the summer, inability to register certain players. We don't know if they're going to get Memphis onto the registration sheet or not. Like It's a bit touch and go, not only for the first game against Real Sociedad, but like genuinely that is a threat that's hanging over them for the first half of the season. And is there any point in trying to register Sergio Aguero if he's going to miss the first two months of the season anyway? Not yet, Does anyway. he just train in December and then register in January if you can? And a club in this position who have been through all of this, who are constantly in the news, the president has to go out every day and fight another fire. The players don't know who's registered, who's not. They're reeling from the loss of Messi Look, they've had some really nice players come through in pre-season, some good young players. Alex Collado is coming for some good cameos and he's going to stick around. You've got Gavi stepping up from the youth ranks. Is that enough of a tonic to really settle this team down? And if Memphis can't be registered, does that just completely destroy their forward line? Do they go from a position of having so many forwards and us not really knowing how they're going to line up, which we can get to, to, well, who's left? Who is left? And then you go to Real Madrid, who, I mean, it feels like kind of like a stock down on Real Madrid, doesn't it? I don't know why exactly, because, I mean, you've lost Sergio Ramos, club captain, but you've replaced him with David Alaba. It it shouldn't feel as gloomy as it does. We lost
2: Varane as well. Lost Varane as well. (laughs) His defensive partner. forgot that one. (laughs) There's a big hole there. (laughs) Apart
1: from that, are they okay?
2: No, because Eden Hazard, we're not sure what we're getting out of him. Um, we're not sure where goals are coming from because they just relied on Benzema last season and the year before and they're still doing that because they haven't brought in anyone else. They're hoping, I think, that Gareth Bale comes through and actually, like I think that relationship with Ancelotti, which is a good one, might mean that we get a last good year out of Gareth Bale. But no, I know what you mean. There does seem to be a little, a little bit of a difference with Madrid, but they always prove us wrong so this is why you have to say like well actually the bookies have them as favorites favorites. (laughs) i was going to say this was going to be the point that the
0: bookies have real madrid as favorites to win this title which i think is maybe a wee bit disingenuous given that atleti are champions and have strengthened and and both the other big guns appear to have lost ground Mm. now whether that is enough or not is a different question and we'll come on to atleti and and what they've done but there is a point to be made here about real madrid that and and there's a brilliant article from friend of the pod zach lowey um about how their finances have shaped out he wrote one of about Barcelona that I linked back in our Torceda newsletter on Patreon the other week about how Barcelona had ended up in the crisis that they have. It's written another one now about Real Madrid and they've posted profits in the last couple of years over and over again. You know, they, we've seen obviously the big transfer of, of Eden Hazard, but aside from that, it has tended to be, you know, smaller deals that have, you know, ticked along, brought in some young players. Not all of them have worked, sure. And not all of them are cheap
1: because... They're not all cheap, Rodrigo, but what I'm saying Vinny... is that they're not
0: outspending... 400 million in a single window in the way that Barcelona have been. And they've shrunk their debt massively. Um, So you look at where Barcelona are in terms of, oh God, they're in financial crisis. And you look at now where, where Real Madrid are, and bear in mind, they're still renovating the Santiago Bernabeu. And when that is done, they will reap financial reward from that as well, because it will be a bigger stadium, which will give more people in. And in the way that Barcelona have been really hit by the camp now not being filled over the last couple of years... Real Madrid have kind of s- sidelined that by not playing there and having it renovated in-, in a time that's got kind of lucky for them in some ways. Um, but what you can say from that is that Real Madrid are in a far healthier financial position than perhaps they were a couple of years ago. Because a couple of years ago, we were looking at both Barcelona and Real Madrid and being like, well, they look like they're in a, bit of- a wee bit of trouble there in terms of finances. Obviously, Barcelona have got worse. Real Madrid have dealt with it. And it puts them in a really strong position, I think, going forward in terms of the next five years or so. Compared to the crisis that we see Barcelona in. So that's probably worth pointing out that whilst Real Madrid aren't as exciting this year, and I think that that's a fair point to make, they are in a much healthier state in yeah. terms of long-term planning. I mean,
2: they would have signed Mbappe if they could. So they, would, they would have spent £150 million if they could. It's just that Mbappe is not going to leave PSG at the moment. So next year they'll go and spend... Uh, well, they won't have to spend that money because they'll get him on a free. But they, the wages that will yeah. come in with, with him and the agent fees will mean that will go, and then they'll go and sign I don't know, Haaland or Pogba or whatever else. So next summer, they will be back in a mess, probably. But, no, but um, they can,
0: this is what I mean. At the moment, they can afford to put two. They can afford to spend two hundred million on next summer. You no, know what I
2: think is interesting. I think I think the timing of Ancelotti coming in is probably partly to do with the squad that he's got to manage right now, and I think that he's had a good record in in the past of managing older players um, and squads that look like they're getting towards the end of their lifeline. Did it at Manand, various other places. Like, I kind of trust him to get the best out of this group of players right now. We've talked about Bale already. Half of them
1: know him from last time. That's it. And
2: (laughs) I think it's just, that's probably why he's come in right now. They probably told him the situation and he's content with it. And however much you say, well, they haven't strengthened, blah, blah, blah. They're still going to be in there. Of course they, of course are. they are. Yeah, yeah, no, um, really, really. No, no doubt about that
0: whatsoever. That, that, that's, not a, that's a given. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's a given, that is. But to come back and, and loop it round to Atletico Madrid, who are the defending champions and haven't had to go through the ultimate... Basically, it's like a, like a crisis, like an emotional crisis that Barcelona have suffered over their, both their finances and, and Lionel Messi and, and Real Madrid, to an extent as well, losing their long-serving club captain, Sergio Ramos, and his defensive partner for the first time in a decade is just going to have two new dudes there. Now, those dudes are really good. Alaba and Edamila are very good players, but it's different and it's weird. And then you can compare and contrast that to Atletico Madrid, the defending champs, who have all they've done is add Rodrigo de Paul to this setup, a setup that was better than everybody else's last season. So. How much ground have these other two actually really genuinely got to make up? It feels like quite a lot.
0: Well, I suppose there probably wasn't that much between them last season. But they've, there is a drop-off, especially in Barcelona's case, in, in, in losing Lionel Messi. Now, Rodrigo de Pau is, is a wonderful player. But, and, and I think he'll be excellent in this Atleti side. But I, I do think this is probably the fairest it's been in ages. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's saying something. To I think Atleti winning it last year and when they won it a couple of years back, felt like underdog's triumphing, right? Yes. If Atleti was to win it this year, you'd be like, yeah, fair enough. Pretty mm-hmm. reasonable. They've also brought in Marcus Paolo from, from Fluminense um, on a free transfer. He's a young 20-year-old winger who it seems to have a fair amount of talent in the locker. Um, seven goals, seven assists uh, for Fluminense over the last couple of years. And yeah, it's just something to, to keep an eye on because I was going to say, and maybe the big point is that Atleti felt like they lacked firepower at points last year especially when Luis Suarez was was out and actually you would imagine that Luis Suarez is getting no younger and is therefore is he aging he's not aging yeah. quickly or slowly he's just aging um, and he, he well he'll probably miss more of the season this year than he would you know than he did last year because that's what happens as you get older they don't have many backup options you look at like Vitolo's gone out on loan to Atafe uh, the loan transfer of Moussa Dembele didn't wasn't a success he didn't really play any games he hasn't been made permanent Atleti are apparently trying to sign Rafa Mir um, Mm. from from Wolverhampton Wanderers. He had a really good season last year at Huesca. um, I like this. This feels
1: right as well. Rafa Mir and Simeone feels like a good mix. Yeah, I like it. I feel Rafa Mir is a bit of
2: a bull in the China shop. And Simeone likes those there. kind of players, yeah, yeah big time. Yeah. But I
0: do think they're lacking, at the moment, a wee bit of firepower. Of course they are, yeah.
2: And look, they tried to get Griezmann. Like that, they, they did go for that. And so if they're trying to get Griezmann back, it shows you that they are slightly concerned about their attacking options and whether they'll have enough to get through the season. Because obviously Suarez had the bit between his teeth last season, like looking to prove Barcelona wrong for letting him go and also try to prove to the general world that like he could still win a title himself. And he basically did it. Um what I want to see is Xiao Felix here. This is his third season. He's going into at Atleti is the club's record signing, and for all the promise, for all the talent, he hasn't done it yet. And this is this should be his season, right? He's had enough time to bed in. He's can't well, use. He's injured at the moment, isn't he? I mean, he's been,
1: he's been he's he's already on the back foot, like.
0: This seems to happen But this every is year. what
2: you need, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's the guy that, that can really make that difference. Yeah. And But he needs the trust of his coach in order for that
1: to happen. I'm not sure how much of it is genuinely his fault. Like, made 17 appearances in the Liga off the bench last season. And that's not because he was carrying niggles and knocks. It's because Simeone doesn't look to him soon enough or early enough. He hasn't won his trust for one reason or another. I want to see it too.
2: But part of it's not on him. So did Simeone want him in the first? Because obviously there's this thing at Atleti where like, and Simeone looked... Rodrigo de Palt, that is a Simeone signing. Mm-hmm. Is Jao Felix a Simeone signing? No, I think, put I on think they, the fact that
0: Griezmann left, obviously, and it, it put the onus on them to sign a creative name mm. that that was going to fill the gap. I think mm. there would have been... A push to, uh, to sign him. He was at the time one of the most in-demand youngsters in Europe and it was probably one to appease the fans as much as anything else. Mm. Whether that is what Simeone wanted or it's a different question. You'd have to, you'd have to raise it mm. with someone who you know is more familiar with the inner workings of the club than we are. Mm. But there is an element that the fact that it hasn't worked out in the way that perhaps we
2: expected suggests that something didn't quite go right with how they were supposed to gel. Yeah, exactly. Look, like a decade, this season marks a decade that Simeone's been in charge at this team. And that's another thing that's got to work in their favor, right? That's so cool. Like, I love it. Th- that's unbelievable. And he signed a new contract. He's there till 2024. Like, he signed a new deal. Um So that consistency... Because there was a bit of doubt, wasn't there? Do you remember back, going back into, into last season? They were like, oh, is this it for Simeone? No. Um He's won the title and he's, he's here. And that stability is, is what they need at a moment like this. Like, you want to take that momentum into next season and you'd like to think that they'll have a good start, wouldn't you? I think so. I, I think you, you, you'd expect it
0: from them. At I the hope very they least. can continue. I really I, do. I was going to say, Dina, gun to your head. Who wins the league?
2: I honestly think that they are the favourites and Simeone will probably, if he hasn't already, will come and play that down because he always does. He likes them to be the underdogs. He likes to talk about how they don't have the financial backing of Barcelona and Real Madrid or... Um, well, he's grateful they don't have the financial backing of Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. <laughs> or they haven't been able to become any stronger than those other two teams. And in this window, they are financially stronger. They have strengthened their squad probably better than the other two with Rodrigo de oh, Like, yeah. Okay, Barcelona made some good signs, but... If they can register. If they can register them, we don't know. So <laughs> and he can't money. use those excuses that he would usually use. And... It just needs to evolve them again, I guess. Like they just need to make sure that they do move on from last season and any flaws that were there, maybe that stuttering that there was in the second half of the season when they just couldn't get that title in the bag. Um, <laughs> was it the bag? It, <laughs> was the though, it? Was it? it was though, wasn't it? Was not Maybe they. The bag. Yeah, maybe they, they needed to
1: get
0: it done earlier. It's there for them, yeah. So, Sam, you agree? Athletic favourites?
1: Um, yes. Did Did Dean actually tell us who who is going to win the title? Were you very
2: clear on No, because they haven't started the games yet. <laughs> okay. So it's just a prediction. Yeah. Okay. Your
0: prediction is that Atleti win the league. I think they should win the league. No, no, what is your That's not the question, prediction. that's the prediction. Real Madrid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it.
0: So, Because this is good, because you think Real Madrid are going to win the league. Sam?
1: I think Atletico Madrid are going to win the league. And I
0: think Barcelona are going to win the right,
1: league. Right, how are Barca setting up to make this happen?
0: Right, so there is obviously going to be the pressure to play the Barcelona way. And we've talked about it a little bit on, on, on various pods in the 4-3-3, all of the above. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to revert to a 3-5-2. If, I would say that my prediction is contingent on the fact that Memphis can be registered, like, which okay. I think is a fair contingent to make. Right. Um, if they can't register Memphis and Memphis ends up in limbo for six months this season, Barcelona are in real trouble, like real trouble. Um, but if they can register Memphis, I think that this Barcelona side will adapt and look we saw what happened with with Leo Messi and what he said when he went to Paris right he said I've been wanting to win the Champions League it's the thing that it's been on his mind it's the thing that's been bugging him there is this focus on European football I think Barcelona while they won't bin that off will end up being knocked out of Europe relatively early and I think it will benefit their league campaign I also think that this squad with Depay and Griezmann as a front two is a really good squad um, in terms of how it meshes together. And now every, they're going to be weaker. I'm, I'm, before I get told off for saying they're a, a better side, they're not a better side. They are a weaker side without Leo Messi. Any team in the world who lost Leo Messi would be a weaker I like side. I love the idea
1: that you think you're going to get told off. I'm going
0: to get told off. People are going to be in my mentions <laughs> telling me off. Um, but I do think that this side now, with a little bit less onus on how you fit everyone in together, has the ability to mesh slightly better in that the the two up front will press the two up front will will be able to to get around a little bit more we will see i think emerson like make that right wing back spot his own i think he will bomb up and down that flank in the way that he has been doing for betis and create havoc in the opposition third the midfield three of pedri busquets and, and Frankie de Jong is as good as Annie on earth dreamy it's dreamy as and long in as it's
1: so faint halfway through the season yeah but even
0: you know even then and, and there are rotation options here and we've seen Gavi come through in, in pre-season now I don't think Gavi is going to be playing loads of minutes we've seen Ricky Pooge mm. you know get a little bit more I hope that those players are brought into that rotation in order that they can make things happen and I think they will be I, I mm. really do I think there's going to have to be this emphasis on trying new things without Messi and I just have a feeling that that Barcelona are just good enough and going to be good enough domestically. I don't think they'll do brilliantly in in, in Europe. I think domestically that Barcelona will
2: will take it. Yeah, I was saying to Sam earlier, like the other day when we were were talking about this and obviously I said, you know, would you go and who's bigger, Messi or Barcelona and all that kind of stuff? I, I, I didn't totally believe everything I was saying. I just wanted to get a discussion going. But... Last night I was doing you know, a bit more on this and like, looking at Barcelona a bit closer and I was getting quite excited about what we're going to see from Barcelona now and the way that they've got to evolve and the way that it's going to make people change, um, particularly Griezmann. You know, like, this is going to be a massive season for him now. I think that um, he's taken a lot of critis- criticism from me and others, um, <laughs> but his numbers weren't bad at all. Like, I went and looked at what he got. Last season, 20 goals, 13 assists. Um, his price tag obviously doesn't help when you're when you're judging him, but I think Messi leaving probably means that he can play a role that he actually wants to play. I mean, I saw some predicted lineups from people in Spain of because they think that they'll line up in a four three three, and it's expected that Griezmann will like play off the right basically, um, which is what he wants. It could be exciting, and then you consider like. Memphis is going to be the leader of the attack, and he's going to be the guy who has this extra weight he's on his, his shoulders. He's the boy, isn't he, now? I think so, yeah. And, you know, when he went to United as the number seven, that probably didn't come at a good time. Like, Man United were in transition and struggling. Um, he and he felt a lot of the flack at that time when it probably wasn't what he needed. I think he got screwed over by Louis he van Gaal, really to But then, luckily, he went he to Lyon... About- Went to Leon and it just proved to be the perfect move for him. And he, he, he found himself again. And, and now he's got that back to that platform quickly, which was really important. And he's got the move he wanted. Obviously, um, having Koeman as his boss, is handy. Koeman's wanted him since he came into the job. He's worked with him before in a Dutch national team. And you look at it and you're like, okay, Griezmann and Memphis, probably start the season with Brathwaite. But then you're going to get Ansu Fati coming back. Suddenly it's starting to look really exciting. Barcelona were the highest scorers as well in, in La Liga last season. I know Messi got 30 of them, but they got 85 goals. Um, you know, they're, they're good. They're really good. I, and I think there's a
1: lot to be excited I'm about. I'm not going to sit here and doubt the offensive quality of Barca with or without Messi. I think my, my issues actually probably lay a little bit further back. You know, they've got Ronald. You said, going, you said Ronald was the answer. You said he was back, the truth. It's going, back to, um, it's going back to the back three when they've actually only got one centre-back that's good enough to play anyway. And then they're just going to add two more in. Like, I'd... I'd that's where I would basically say that Barcelona feel a little bit weak, and but they're you know, kind of stacked in like options.
2: Just, oh, none of them are like, yeah, top I mean, tier.
1: great. I mean, brilliant. I've got six sandwiches for lunch, and I hate all of them, and so I'm not going to eat them. But they haven't. They've
2: got six centre backs basically that they can choose from. There's yeah. also
0: the element, Sam, that with with the three in midfield that we've just discussed, with with De Jong and Busquets playing, you know, slightly behind Pedro, you'd imagine mm. in in the way that it shakes out. They've got cover for those defensive three in the way, not quite in the same way that, that Thomas Tuchel has set Chelsea up, for example, but a, a five in the, a five across the middle does start to take a little bit of those deficiencies out of the picture. And then you put in the fact that there is one of the world's best goalkeepers behind them. It's not all doom and gloom in an offensive no, aspect. No,
1: no, I'm not trying to say it's, it's... They're absolutely doomed. I would just say, like, I don't think anybody's going to sit there and doubt Barca's firepower, but that's not really where you... This That's not where this... This team is going to face its tests. It's going to face its tests at centre back, and who can play there and who can find form. And even Testegen had a bit of a wobble last season. I know it all kind of went a bit awry at one point, but yeah, I'm just not quite as full of excitement. And like, I don't know. I guess you're you're very you feel you, sound, you guys don't sound very sure that Barca are going to be. I just think A-L-K. like I just got
2: a new excitement about them. Just watching them play a bit like in the UVA game, and just reading a bit more about like what they, what the plan will be, and I'm just starting to think. Yeah, actually, this could be fun. It would like,
1: be a lot fun be to be fun. watch. It would
0: be fun. fun to watch. I mean, look, we were talking about the Gamper, and you just mentioned it there. We were talking about Gamper at the, on Monday, and we were saying they were very good. They were very exciting. They were good to watch. They, they knew what they were doing. The whole system seemed to work. And that's something that you kind of, you know, we, we talk about teams in transition who are in crisis, right? You don't expect them to come out and, and play the way that Barca did at the weekend now i know it's a glorified friendly etc etc
1: etc it's literally a friendly it's not a glorified <laughs> no i guess there's a trophy at the end of it it's not an official
0: it's glo- match it's glorified it's not an official match but it's still glorified no if super you get a trophy cup, it's glorified the super
1: cup is a glorified friendly because it's an official match
0: no i refuse to accept that a friendly you don't get trophy at the end of you you get a trophy at the end you of do the game because it's a cup um so so therefore it's a a glorified friendly um and and on that note i think we should probably bring in david before we murder (laughs) each other um so sam yesterday you spoke to david cartledge who is a spanish football expert and editor at espn and we talked to him about some of the storylines that we should be keeping an eye on in la liga this season
1: david welcome to the ranks se podcast thank you very much for joining us
0: Thank you. It's nice to be on board. I've been, I've been always been keen to
3: go on, so here I am.
1: I know we've been, we've been trying to make this work for, I'd say probably well over a year, uh, <laughs> if we're being honest. And uh, the thing is, we've never really been able to nail anything down. So it, I guess it, it's kind of ironic then that when the, the week that we finally managed to find time to talk to each other is probably the busiest week of your life, mate, because Lionel Messi's left Barcelona. I was going to
3: say I love how we finally nailed it down when when suddenly La Liga is just the league that everyone's going to forget about. They're like, oh, who's the superstar now? Oh, Benzema no, is the no, superstar. No, no. But no, right, no, we're going to tell we're going to tell people why there's so much still to to watch. Basically,
1: we are. Yeah, we're going to we're going to dig a little bit deeper than Messi. Uh, mm. And when it comes to La Liga, I think you're the first port of call, particularly for these under the radar storylines. But look, let's since you're here and since it's this week, let's just get your 60 seconds on this messy Barça shambles, shall mm-hmm. we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: I think uh, I might be in a minority. I just think it's a I think it's a nice point for Barcelona to step away into a, a new era and to start to clear those books and to start to focus on the young players, the Pedri, Ansu, Frankie Jong, um, and, and move on into a new era. And I just think the, whole, the only sad thing about it is the way that everything has transpired, that Messi hasn't got the send-off um, that he, he deserves, he absolutely deserves. But I think it's a great time for Barcelona to, to part with Messi and, and just move on and
1: start this new era. The Barcelona fans will be delighted to hear that because we've spent the last week or so on this podcast kind of painting a picture of true doom and gloom. So there's a mm. there's a little there's a little crack in the clouds, a little bit of positivity for you guys. Lovely to hear. But David, let's let's crack on with the rankings. So what's in at number three?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna take a look at the Chasing Park. Um those who are, you know, you Europa League who have that they have that in mind and also that kind of that's that fourth
1: best uh, place, I think we should say, isn't best it? Best of the rest, maybe. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, so what's happened to this group then? It's quite a broad group based on last mm. season's table. We've got Sevier in fourth, who finished on 77 points, and Villarreal, I guess we could probably stretch this down to Villarreal, who were 19 points off Sevilla. Like, let's make no bones yeah. about it. They were miles off fourth. That, but, that's your Europa League winners, Villarreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are these, and, and in between those two teams, you kind of got Real Betis and Real Sociedad. Uh, yep. So what have these two teams, or these four teams, sorry, uh, been up to over the summer? And how are they shaping up? Mm, I think there's one thing in common, is that all these teams haven't really
3: lost a key man. They're generally speaking going to have the same start in eleven and the same squad. Um, I think we've seen every single year it's become synonymous with Liga that teams get picked off. Um, I think we could all make an argument for different players out of the, you know, from the teams that we've mentioned um, could have gone. Um, with Real, they've still got Paul Torres, they've still got Gerard Moreno. They gave him a new contract.
1: Um, billion year contract. Yeah, a, yeah. It was, they, a, it was a proper Saul Negueth move there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
3: with, Real, with Real Sociedad, you know, they could have, they could have lost Isaac. Um, they, they've kept him. You know, there was so much talk about him. They managed to keep him as well. Um, Sevilla, um, as we record this, have still got Koundé in their ranks. We, <laughs> but we could see what happens in the next week or so. But 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 they're still looking generally the same. They haven't lost a big, big superstar. These, these clubs are so used to having to lose someone and then going to market and getting a cheap replacement. They haven't had to do that this time so it's also meant that the knock-on effect from that is that they haven't really dipped the market as, mu- as much as they usually uh they usually would Sevilla are usually uh scattergun in the market they make a big sale and then they start pulling out signings a couple of league on signs they get somebody from Bundesliga they then maybe go to Scandinavia as well they do a <laughs> few different things and this time they haven't they've just been steady away um are potentially getting uh Gonzalo Montiel from River Plate who I think will be a fabulous signing um and that gives them Argentina's first choice fullbacks as their own fullbacks as well, in Acuna and Not Montiel. Bad. Now that is exciting, yeah. and I love an Argentinian player in Sevilla. It just it just works. Something just does, goes. doesn't
1: it? It really works. Yeah. yeah. Eric Lamella going there, it kind of felt like he'd been there all along in a way. Yeah,
3: precisely. <laughs> a Campos is there as well, and, yeah. and we, we all know how exciting uh, he can be as well. And you know, Papu Gomez is still there as well. Yeah. So it, it just works. Um, maybe they should bring Benega
1: back. That would be, that would make me really happy. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, what about? Here we are, then it skip to the bottom of that little pack. Um, yeah, obviously, as yeah. we record, now this is going to be out on, on Friday. So, by the time anyone listens to this, the Super Cup result will have happened. We don't know what that is right now. But, you know, beyond that, beyond Moreno, how are this team shaping up? Again, very much the same, very steady away. And I think Unai Emery will absolutely love that. You look at
3: throughout his career, he's had so much chaos at every club that he goes to, incomings, outgoings. This summer, he's still got his main stars. They've added a little bit as well. Um, but generally, I think we'll be looking at the same team. And he'll be saying also to the to the younger players, um, you know, it's time for for you to maybe step up and do a little bit more. I think I, I'm a big, big fan of him, but I think Samuel Chukawesi is somebody. He disappointed me a little bit last season. I expect a little bit more. I thought it was going to be the breakout year, I thought it would be the summer that we talk about, oh, God, who's going to who's gonna grab him for 30, 40 million in the Premier League? Mm. Um, alas, it, it hasn't it, happened. An
1: injury didn't really help that at the end of
3: the season. Precisely. The I felt like happen. he
1: added a little bit to his game in the way mm. of a co- sort of killer instincts uh, last yep. season. I think he definitely improved that. End product mm-hmm. was the question mark over here. Yeah,
3: it's it's consistency. I think he's a player. He uh, Maybe I'm asking too much. He should be looking at uh, double figures in both categories. 10 goals, 10 assists. He should be looking at that, I think, now. He's, he, I think he's that good.
1: I rate him that highly what about the other two then? We've got the, the Royals, Dad and Betis. Now, Jack will be listening uh, and he'll be yep. hoping for some, some nice, kind words on his beloved Real Betis. And you talked about the fact that Benzema's the face of La Liga. Now you're wrong. It's Joaquin. It was, it was always Joaquin, David. Come on. Uh,
3: oh, well, you're close. I'd say Sergio Canales. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he, he, he's one of my favourite players out of any league, out of any player. So I'll always be behind Canales. Um, yeah, Betis, I think they had a, you know, they had a loss in, in losing Emerson, Who's been so, so good for them from fullback? Uh, I thought Barcelona would come call it. At first, I thought, oh, Barcelona and buy him back. And then they're going to sell him straight away to a, to a, to a Brighton or somebody like that for 30 million. Al- alas, it looks like they're keeping him. I think they're very lucky to have him. I think he's such a good player. He's come on leaps and bounds at, uh, at Betis. Um, I think he became a better player in the end than than Junior Firpo, who's just uh, rocked up at Leeds, of course. He became a better fullback than him, I think, overall. So it's going to be interesting to see how Betis respond there. But again, I think they're a club that they're going to say, okay, maybe we can expect more from players who already have. Um, Liners, we still haven't seen the best of him. Still so much hype around him, especially if you speak to a Mexican football <laughs> fan, they will tell you how great he is. But we still yet to see it really in La Liga. Yeah, we uh, just saw it at f- the Olympics because he was yeah. so much fun at the Olympics. It's when he oh.
1: pulls on that Mexico shirt, mate. Different yeah, player. But
3: that, that's where that's where it is. Yeah, you'll just have to forget the white stripes, I think, and for and then it'll be okay. So we've got more from him. I think Borja Inglésias as well is just... Starting to look like somebody who can, you know, dominate again. And the player that we saw at Celta, there was a player that we saw at Espanyol and Zaragoza as well. So he'll be thinking, oh, next season, can I maybe, can I honestly maybe get 20, 25 goals? I think you should be looking at that, especially when he's got somebody like Fekir behind him as well. Um, So, so yeah, I think it, it's kind of relying on the players that you've already got to step up even further. And uh Real Sociedad, who we're going to talk about next, are another one. Lots of young players who... They'll be saying, "Okay, you're ready to take the next step up." You know, who knows how many Isaac can get next season?
1: Yeah, precise. I mean, continuity is something to be spoken for in positive terms. Uh, this is mm. this is great news for these guys. I mean, look, Sevilla may yet lose Kunde, but we'll have to see. The other guys probably in good shape. I mean, the way this finished out last season, big gap between Sevilla and Villarreal, of course. Um, yeah. And is there is there a, is there a team here other than Sevilla that you think can actually sort of crack into? This top three are, I know that they haven't added necessarily, but is mm. is the top three weak enough for any of these guys to break that hold? I think it's definitely um, just a, a year where anyone can,
3: can spring a surprise. I think what's happened at Real Madrid and Barcelona um, this summer. And also, you know, I think... At are just looking around right now and seeing all the insecurity with different teams and they're probably licking their lips at what's going on <laughs> because they've just got on with business. They've, they've landed a brilliant player in Rodrigo, Rodrigo de Paul who could add so much to them. Um, I think they are probably out and away at the moment until we actually see what... Barcelona and Real Madrid turn up basically and then I think the rest of the teams are definitely going to be chasing that I think Sevilla are just again I want to keep saying I keep saying this word but it's about consistency it's about continuity Sevilla are a very stable team right now Lopetegui I think is he's done a fantastic job I, I, i'm a big fan of him though and i really like the stability and the understanding that he's brought there it's not spectacular at times but it's it's just solid it's it, very very good defense they've got there and like i say we've added to it with the they've added to it with montiel as well and uh yeah they're, they're going to be really dangerous again and i think they might fancy themselves to to have a go at barcelona madrid and madrid that lady.
1: yeah very good right let's go from the uh top or near the top of the table down to the bottom what's in it mm. number two david
3: yeah, we're going to look at those teams uh, very much down at the bottom and we could see some surprise teams down there. Teams who have in previous years been at the top and uh, I'm talking about Valencia. I think, you know, it's good. you look at the way that they're operating in the market and how they are as a club. You just don't know what you're going to get from them. I think Atafi, who have, uh, you know, been high flyers in recent years. They've lost borderlass. I've looked at their buys as well and it looks, there's a lot of panic and I think, you know, and when I, when I see what they're doing, they're getting lots of players in. I'm not too sure whether it's, quantity over quality right now with tafia And I'm sorry to say this, but your boy's Granada.
1: Oh, yeah, we do a therapy session on this one. Look, I'm, I'm <laughs> deeply concerned about this one as well, my friends. Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where I am first and see if you agree with me. It's good to have someone to talk to us about. Losing Diego Martinez is obviously an absolutely massive problem. He is mm. a fantastic manager. But the big problem, the bigger problem, is that it's a squad that is fully built in his image. And he was the one that managed to produce something on a bit of a shoestring, pull in loanies that he probably probably shouldn't have, but they're there because of him. And when a squad is so clearly built in that man's image, I think the best thing you can do then is to try and find another figure that's similar. Okay. You're not going to find another Martinez, but same style of football. Look, you may correct me, but Robert Moreno is definitely not on that shortlist. He's not not, he's not the man that you go to and go, Oh, you can take this squad on a notch. This is a, you don't fit this squad at all, and yeah. now we have to start again. I also think he's he's a punt. It's a it's a it's a, it's a
3: you know a very hopeful hire. I think uh, from because we don't know too much about him as a as a coach. In all honesty, you know, honestly, you know we, what the sample size that we've had of him is very very small. We don't really know what his identity is um you know he's he's been a continuation man and we don't really know whether you know if, if thing if if granada's losing at half time whether he's somebody who's willing to, to shake things up and, and change things around and can he make the decisions to change games we don't know that from him so i think and i don't think granada do either i think they've just said you know he's a another young coach on the market is he somebody we can we can build with and what we hope to do with uh, Martinez?
1: Yeah, I mean, if there is one silver lining, and I will put this out there because I just need cheering up, I'm just going to cheer myself up, Mm. is um, we have finally seen the end of the Jesus Vallejo era at Granada, which went on 18 months too long, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Couldn't get away from the man. Couldn't get away from the man, but it's done. For some reason, and this is basically the only stick I've ever had to beat Diego Martinez with, Martinez really likes Vallejo.
2: Yeah, a lot of people he, do.
1: I don't know. I don't know why. And and it's gone now. It's finished. Without Martinez, there's no <laughs> Vallejo. It's good. We're done. He's
3: a uh, he's, he's player who's just always been rated in Spain. When he first came through, he was highly rated. He's captained uh, all the youth teams as well. Um, and so he's always got a... A nice reputation um, around, and I think they've stuck with him through that because he's a very talented player. He's a lovely ball-playing centre-back on his day. But but yes, I, unbel- I completely agree. He's had those injuries, and I think his confidence and has completely gone with mistakes. And and yeah, it was a horror show at times for for, for you guys.
1: Is there a, just a set, an element there of like if you come through the academy at Real Madrid in Spain, you just get given more chances?
3: Yeah, I mean, he came through Zaragoza's academy and he was still very highly there. But he got that move so, so early to Real Madrid, and and yes, the reputation sticks with him. If you've been in the books of Barcelona or Real Madrid, you automatically kind of just have that little bit of extra, you know, reputation. I think when you're trying to sell yourself as a player, it's certainly what the agents rely upon. They'll say, "Oh, well, you know, he was he was once on the books as Real Madrid. He was going to be Sergio Ramos' successor at one point," you know. And people yeah. will go, oh, right, OK, oh, he must be good. And then they'll take him. in.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> so there's Valencia, there's Hatafe, and there's Granada kind of on on relegation watch of, of, of the established order of La Liga recently. Anyway, all three of these teams have been playing Europa League football in some time in the last four or yeah. five years. So it'd be sor- sorry to see. But again, let's go to something a bit more positive for our final storyline. Mm.
3: Yeah, that's Espanyol. That's they are they are back in the big time. Uh, they were promoted um, with flying colours. I think they were head and shoulders above any team in La Liga 1-2-3 last year. Um, they've got a very good young squad, I think. There's a lot of talented young players. Still got a little bit of experience in there, but um, I think it could be exciting. And they also arrived back with a... A man they know can get them 20, 25 goals in
1: RDT. The notorious RDT is back. <laughs> we like Raul de Tomas here. Well, Jack especially likes yeah. Raul de Tomas, but he's there. And you're right, this this squad, you look through it quickly and actually a couple of names that you look, you pick out immediately, like Oscar Hill and Javi Poido, who have been involved for Spain's youth teams in various competitions mm. over the course of the summer, mixed in with a bit of experience here and there. Mm. Actually, quite a nice build. What do you think this team can actually achieve as newly promoted, uh, well, contenders?
3: Yeah, I think looking at the the level of, of unknown and what we've had in, in, and nobody's really, you look at that whole table. Who has honestly improved a lot? I don't really know if anyone has the teams that they will be battling. And um, who else has a striker that they know can get them twenty goals a season? Um, and there's a lot of excitement about young Nico Melamed as well. I want to talk about him because Espanyol feel like they have their own kind of little mini messy there in Nico mm-hmm. Melamed. Somebody who's just a bit exciting, a little bit different. He can change the game. He's got skills, he's got flair, very much gets the fans, you know, off the seats. He's just and I think they really, really value him as well and the other younger players that have got that have they already now used to winning. They've already got a winner mentality and they feel that they can go up. No fear, really, and uh, I think they've got a great manager as well. who's very much uh, the Spanish Diego Simeone. I always call him. He had a he had a few years ago. Um, he was brilliant at uh, At Nastic, the Tarragona, who were very much tipped for relegation, and they almost got promoted. Um, that, unfortunately, that uh, that that side ended up getting broken up a little bit, and I think. That's, they've just got so many little parts about them Espanol that makes them exciting and I honestly think to answer your question they can easily be looking you know
1: at a top half finish between, between 10 cool. and 6 easy that would be amazing to come into the league and do that. I mean, I know that that, hmm. that that feels devalued a little bit. Leeds have just done the same thing in the Premier League, stepped up, finished in the top half. Yeah. But it's not easily done. Leeds needed Marcelo Bielsa to do it. So if Espanyol <laughs> can pull anything out, out of the bag like that, then fair play. Uh, David, thanks so much for your insight. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing those tidbits. Uh, where can the Rank Squad find you on socials and anywhere else?
3: Yeah, of course. You can just grab me on Twitter, David Jacker. That's J-A-C-E. And uh, still talk about Spanish football on there. So, of course, get there. (laughs)
1: Spanish football is still happening, guys. It's not been cancelled. We are all good. (laughs) We're ready to go. All right. Thanks, David. Thanks, mate.
0: Well, thank you so much to David for joining us and talking. Oh, I love that Espanol point. I've got to say, I'm, I'm really, really in on Espanol dialing into that top 10. But I want to expand a little bit more about the chasing pack, obviously, that he, he spoke about there. And I suppose the obvious place to start is with Villarreal, who, who played in the Super Cup midweek um, and gave a very, very good account of themselves against Chelsea in a game that we were a little bit worried about with them because they had such a, well... An injury crisis going on.
1: Yes, it's going to sound a bit weird for the listeners because I actually spoke to David on the Wednesday and the Super Cup hadn't quite happened yet. And then I joined you guys again afterwards and we know what happened. And talked about Villarreal and it's, it's, it's about depth. It's about being able to fight on all fronts. And it's, it's about being able to, to send out a team that can genuinely compete in midweek and in La Liga at the weekend. And they came into the Super Cup with a real test on their hands because they had like no players. Like just none of them little side note before we begin jack juan foyt taking the 8 shirt you wore is, it last year as well it's just but it's done now he's a he's like he's actually physically just gone again with that one he wasn't just packed in at the end on loan he's signed and he's taken the 8 and it's gross it's horrible
0: when he's playing at right back. It's a little bit more acceptable when he moves into centre midfield. He's
1: actually quite quite good in midfield. I yeah, like? yeah. start to think Juan Foyt might be a really I actually always liked him to be honest. Might be a really good player, but he's really good at right back. <laughs> he's, last still, season, he's still as well. named as
0: a centre back. I'm pretty sure on most um, football websites. No one, yeah. no one's sure where that yeah, man plays. He
1: doesn't know either. But yeah, a lo- lot of injuries. I mean, you're missing Danny Perejo and about six others yesterday. And yeah, the, a lot of players have got to step up. Players that are on the fringes of the squad stepping in. like Jeremy Pino is still. Not necessarily a first-team player for Villarreal when Chukwueze is fit and you've got a makeshift centre mid-pairing. Um, they actually had to play their best goalkeeper by default because usually they would play Ruyi in the Cups, but Ruyi is Rui injured. Um, Asenho wasn't great on the penalties, was he?
0: No, but um, again, he is not the penalty expert, as we know.
1: No, no, no. But it was a good performance for Villarreal. I know that Dean... It, was, it went on too long for Dean. I think he went to bed. Oh, I was bored after five minutes. Mate, it was, oh, a, good, okay. it was a good game. I, it was a good game.
2: It's just, an, it's just a, a match I've never, ever taken seriously or got into. Um, it's, every year it becomes more hyped and people try to make it more part of the calendar. And for me, it's just not important. It's, it's a Johan Gamper trophy. Yeah, this say. is a proper glorified game. Um, this is an official... And the problem I have match. is, like, I look at the lineup and I'm like, well, this isn't Chelsea's proper team, so it doesn't really matter. That's how I look at it. Like, Chalibre's playing... I'm like. Full like, no, I'm not interested. He's not going to play a single minute next season. I hope he plays a bit well no, more. I think he was excellent. He himself do. into contention He'll probably be, unlo- sure. he'll be but, on loan at like MK Dons next week. But back to, back to VRL and the, the point from
1: David on continuity being the key factor for the four teams there that finished between fourth and seventh last season. And yeah, as we speak, Kunde has hasn't left Sevilla. Isak signed a new deal with Real Sociedad. Gerard Moreno signed a new deal with VRL. He's going to be there till he's 78 now like it's it's continuity and it's the first time in ages these teams have been able to do that and for Vitoria that's super important balancing a champions league campaign now because they've got a They've got to field their best 11 quite a lot. And then they're going to have to have some serious reserves to call upon. Those midweek games just got super hard.
0: We do need to talk about the fact that Dia was excellent. Yeah. And what a nice little partnership that could be between yeah, yeah, him and yeah, yeah. Gerald Moreno. And he was good. it gives them something, something else in, in that attacking rotation, right? Because we saw towards the end of the season, it started to get a wee bit thin on the ground there for Villarreal. Brought in someone who not only has been excellent in France... Um, and who was on the, the hit list, Dean? you know, more than us, but of, of West Ham, of, of loads of other Premier League clubs in last January and, and wanted to, a lot of people tried to make a move for Bully Dia, but it didn't work out. This feels like a really nice place for him to have ended up. And I'm really excited to watch that partnership of him and Moreno as it goes from strength to strength.
1: Well, the goal already, they're showing their little synergy there with the back heel. And actually Dia managed to break into some space a couple of times, didn't he? Mr. One on one that was very well saved by Edouard Mendy. And I think the, yeah, the, the movement he showed, the strength he showed in holding the ball up and the awareness for some of the passes as well. Look, I haven't seen much of Dia, but I was very impressed with his initial outing and the chemistry with Gerard Moreno is there. So that's, that's great for Villarreal's perspective.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Villarreal should now come into the top four conversation this season. Like, on the back of what they did last season, they... They've got a lot of momentum, I guess, in that sense that they've shown that they can compete at that level of going on to win the Europa League. Really, they should see this as a, con- a opportunity to get into that top four conversation. But Sevilla should prove too much to, one, make sure they can't do that. But actually, Sevilla should look at next season as an opportunity for them to have an even stronger chance mm-hmm. of actually winning this league. Because... They weren't even that far off last year. They weren't far off last year and they have to see this year as like, okay, it's another chance. This might not ever happen again, right? Barca losing Messi in a bit of a mess. Real Madrid not strengthening like they usually do. Don't know what we're getting. The champions are Atletico Madrid. Okay, they're very good, but we weren't far off them as it was. We finished fourth two years in a row and that's great. We've got that consistency of of being that side, Mm. but can we now go one further? Because it only fell away right at the end. And to be honest, why did they fall away? Was it a lack of experience? Were they completely shattered? Probably a bit of both, but they would have learned from that. And hopefully they've come through it. I mean, I find it a bit strange. Like one of their Main signings of the, the summer is a new goalkeeper and i thought the goalkeeper was the best player a
0: goalkeeper who's another goalkeeper
2: who scores as well yeah they they've, both got, score. they've really got they've
0: got two goal scoring goalkeepers two goal scoring goalkeepers lopetegui of goalkeeper, them goalkeeper was great in goal this um, yeah. yeah, is demitrovic
1: yeah demitrovic has signed and like they signed him on a free contract they did now yeah. they had this done in march or something like that
0: yeah it was one of those you yeah. assume that he's probably yeah. going to be probably a backer but but so yeah, rotate their
2: goalkeepers then they have done for years well this is the point uh that I was going to make I spoke to someone who covers Sevilla and knows far more about them than I do and they said there's actually a possibility here that they rotate goalkeepers which in England we just Well don't it's a bit of a there's, there's a bit of more thing. of a
0: feel that you can do a cup and that's like, it. Was like, Geronimo Rulli for Villarreal last season for example played pretty much all of Europe and every cup and Sergio Senho was the league goalkeeper and did that's they
1: stick with it for the final yeah they stuck with it for indeed, the final but not it, this is actually this is going possibly going a bit further rather than having a league cup divide which obviously Barcelona did with yeah, Claudio Bravo, Bravo and, Mar- and Marc-Andre Ter that yeah. sort of stuff like this, this is actually like league rotation of goalkeepers and Ralph Hasenhuttle did it last year he gave Alex McCarthy a couple games then he said right Forster's us in for the next three then we'll bring McCarthy back in and everyone's going what like this is not what you
2: do yeah League, league rotation of goalkeepers is very, very weird, but we might be about to see it. Lopetegui was a goalkeeper, right? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe he thinks, what would have really benefited me in my career? I know, having someone to rotate with, so i got a bit of a rest every now and then. I don't know what it is, but if he, if he was a goalkeeper himself, there's not many managers who actually understand that position. No. So to, to bring in some strong competition for a great goalkeeper that they've already got is really an interesting addition, really. Um, I think the only two goalkeeper managers I can name are Nuno and Lopetegui.
1: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They're yeah. so so rare. They are very rare, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a funny one, isn't it?
0: I mean, I guess we can't talk about Sevilla and not address the fact that there have been constant rumors that Jules Conde is on the way out of the club. Do do you know any more, Dean, and, and you know, at the time of writing? Obviously Things change so quickly with, with transfers, and this could be completely out of date by the
2: time we have it tomorrow. But obviously, Chelsea yeah, will I mean, be the update from certainly. yesterday was just that Sevilla aren't budging over this valuation, and that's you know, you either pay the money or you don't.
1: Is it release clause?
2: Yeah, yeah. and it's like it's, this is the valuation. I don't know what you want us to say. Like, we don't want any of your players. We don't. We don't <laughs> want any offers. Stop trying to give us Kurt We don't Zuma. want Kurt. Yeah, we have Kurt Zuma to, has to say it's Chelsea. Stop from around. Trying to push us, Kurt that's my friends told me. Um, so if they meet the valuation, then yeah, it'll be a Chelsea player. But until then, he's going to be at Sevilla. And I'd imagine Chelsea will do it because they need it. And they've got this far. It's not like Chelsea to not go go through with something at this point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we haven't spoken about Lamella either, by the way, which... It's actually quite a good addition, I think. I quite
0: like it. I mean, look, there's there's obviously this element that that Brian Hill didn't play for Sevilla Mm -hmm. last season. And they were excited about bringing him in and seeing where he got to. But it's also not like you've lost a first teamer and and replaced him. you lost someone who was out on loan. To bring in Lamella, who strikes me as the kind of person that if he could get a few games under his belt and stay injury free, which I know is a big ask (laughs) for Farrick (laughs) Lamella. Is someone who could definitely have a say for Sevilla this season. He strikes me as someone who might succeed here.
1: It's like David said, it's like Sevilla is just Argentine central. There's four, five, six of them in it. F- I don't know what it's yeah. like. Montiel is, yeah. now, is, is now
0: signed, done, finished, and, over.
1: And Lame- Lamella just feels right at Sevilla. I don't know. And may- maybe the, the style of the league will suit him suit him a little bit better. It is a big if to say that Lamella can do anything because we just haven't seen him do much. I haven't seen him string games together or anything like that for a long, long time. But again, you're right. It's not like you're losing a key piece of your attack and you're replacing it with Lamella. You're adding Lamella to what you have, which is already pretty good. It's Lucas Acampos. He's brilliant. Brian Hill was never a feature for Sevilla. I would understand fans that were a bit upset about never really getting to see him play, but they haven't got weaker. And that's the key point. As They, they out of this cluster of clubs, Sevilla have the best opportunity here to push in and actually mount something and really stress Barca and Real Madrid out, and maybe even push for the title. And if Kunďe stays, you just can't really rule it out.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair enough. I'm going to obviously cross the bill now. Um, fine, fine, because fine. it feels like the right time to, to talk about Betis, who also feel like they could have been picked apart this summer, and just haven't been, really. I mean, Emerson going to Barcelona is, is the one big loss, you'd imagine. Issa Mandi left on a free contract, he signed for Villarreal, but you know, the, the rotation within Betis' centre-halves anyway meant that that doesn't feel like a huge deal, if I'm being honest. They've brought in Juan Miranda again, for, but on a permanent deal this time, and Yusuf Sabali to play right back, to fill in that, that Emerson role. This made me role. laugh.
1: This is like Jack Collins' Venn diagram. It, it
0: really is, isn't it? And and of course, you then put into the fact that the Betis probably have the best goalkeeper now outside of the top four. Um, now, Sam, I know you're rolling your eyes at me, but it's true, not We're not it? talking about this. We are talking about it, because we're talking about where Betis have got to. And... The fact that they've brought in Hui Silva is a huge, huge deal for them. You know, Claudio Bravo has been good, but he's not getting any younger. Um, this gives them a solid base from which to, to work from. And, and, and it does feel that if Betis can hold on to all of these players in terms of, you know, the attacking quartet and, and get them to, to tick a little bit more. And we're still seeing Diego Linares, for example, working his way into this side and getting himself into a place where he really feels like he can challenge for a first team starting spot. If that can all start to tick along now, Betis feel like their squad is strong enough to challenge top four.
1: I mean, yeah, you you talk about keeping that attacking quartet. There just hasn't been really any murmurs of Nabil Fakir leaving, right? And he's the ma- he's the man that if you keep around and you continue to add to the squad, like w- with players sadly like Silva, then Betis can start looking up the table. They're not yo-yoing up and down as they have done for the last three or four years. And they finished sixth last season. Again, quite far off severe. There's a big a big jump to fourth place there. But Real Betis and Real Sociedad have kept their stars. They haven't been weakened. It's it's weird. It's really weird. And uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy the season, mate. I'm sure you'll enjoy Rui. <laughs> I think it's going to be great, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I really yeah. I know you're sad. He's my favourite. I know. I Him know. and Yangel yeah. Herrera were my favourites and gone.
0: they're gone. They've all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk lastly about Real Sociedad because... They'll also be looking at kicking on. And you mentioned at the top there that Alex Izak pretty much locked down. And it feels like, it feels like Real Sociedad also want to, to push on this season. This is what makes this exciting. Not only have we talked about the fact that the top three have maybe leveled out in terms of where they're at, but it also feels like the chasing pack has caught up. And that in itself makes for this to be a very interesting... You wouldn't be surprised this year to see fourth to seventh beating any of the top three it wouldn't it wouldn't shock you that's where we're at now with La Liga
1: it might happen on Saturday well it
0: might well happen on Saturday
1: (laughs) that's it could well happen I mean you're right it's uh it's iron it's iron things out a little bit and that that place number one in the table all the way down to seven maybe even down to sort of eight with Athletic Club Bilbao open could be could be relatively open the the points gap between them maybe maybe quite well staggered and it's Man, I'm sure. I'm sure that lots of people are looking at La Liga this season and going, "Well, no Messi, no Ramos. Ronaldo left a while ago. They're lacking. They're looking at it and seeing they're, they're seeing a lack of star power. They're seeing a fading force in Barcelona and Real Madrid. All it does is make it more competitive. Isn't that what we've been asking for for yeah, the last I nine, think five, so. ten years in, in La Liga? Just a bit more competitive, maybe less polarized. That's exactly what we've got.
0: I think there's a, you see a lot of people shouting La Liga in the mud. Um, and <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I think La Liga is taking an absolute battering and we're seeing a whole load of exceptional narratives start to come to the fore. And and look, that doesn't always mean it's the world's best players, but you might be seeing the next generation of the world's best players coming through. Yeah, exactly. And that's always something to keep an eye on. And look, it, it goes back to all the things we were saying right at the top about, about Barcelona, right? That yes, they no longer have Lionel Messi. Yes, that makes them a worse side. But does it free the door for a couple more la masia graduates to come through does it free Mm. pedri to become the creative spark in the middle of this side does it free alex callado who was going out on loan to belgium and in crisis talks with the club to suddenly have a spot in this starting 11 to to make his mark after so many years of promise and and with all of that kind of ticking along that's just barcelona like and and you come out of it and you think you look at the rest of this league and you think this is really competitive it's going to be really tight there's no obvious favourite for the title. You know, we, we, we said that Atleti probably favourites in our eyes. The bookies have Real Madrid. Like, there isn't anyone jumping out at you and going, oh, that's, that's, that's a done deal. Mm. And we're talking about the fact that the chasing pack is closer than ever before to that top tier. Suddenly, you're looking at a, a league which could go absolutely anywhere. And, and that is exciting. There's a good saying. It's not football. It's La Liga. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's back. La Liga no! TV no! La Liga TV
2: is back. The best <laughs> adverts on earth are back in the building. If you haven't got La Liga TV, go and buy it. No, this is not an advert. <laughs> it's, it's really not. <laughs> go and watch all the <laughs> adverts. just the adverts. Watch, just, just do it for the adverts. not an advert, but go and watch the adverts because it's great. This yeah. is not football. Worth a sign-up price La Liga. for the
0: adverts alone. Um, no, but yeah, you're
2: right. You are right.
0: Right. Um, and on that note, <laughs> I think it might be time that we call this a day. Um, um, all that's left for me to do, really, is to say thank you so much to David Carledge for joining us earlier and discussing a few more narratives in a bit more depth. Thank you very much to Sam Tai. Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much to Dean Jones.
1: I'm going to
2: go and buy the new Real Madrid kits, I think. <laughs> Get Dylan a couple of those. Yeah. They are, how nice are they, by the way? They are nice. Real Madrid have nice. got two very nice mm. kits this season. The Lilac Barcelona is lovely. That
0: is nice. The Purple Betis is really is nice. It? Um, there's some, there's some really nice kits this oh, year. Really yeah. nice kits. In is the Dylan league. allowed?
2: Has he only had Barcelona Messi shirts before? Is he allowed to have a Real Madrid kit for next season? No, I think you might have to get him a Pedri shirt, the lilac Pedri. Okay, shirt. so what about this? How do we feel about Dylan is a Barcelona fan now and Reese becomes a Real Madrid yeah, fan? Yeah. Is set this up, a good rivalry? Set Ooh, up a family okay. yeah. I was thinking about it. So I was like, should I set up some rivalries? Like one's Milan, one's a Juve, one's Real, yeah. one's, Real yeah. one's Barca. Imagine one's you... Fulham, one's Chelsea. No, no. too far. You've gone too far. And- you will not be doing it.
1: Imagine the YouTube content in 10 years. It's good, isn't it? We're going to set them up Should as stars. It? Fantastic. Set, set race up as We're a we brothers fan from London. I'll get some
2: sp- pictures in as soon as those kits are Yeah, absolutely.
1: All <laughs> right.
0: am been Jack Collins. This has been Ranks FC, our La Liga preview for the season. Thank you for listening. This is the end of our free week on the main feed where we've hopefully showed you what a great time we have over on our Patreon, over in our Ultras community. As an extra incentive, if you fancy joining up, anyone who's joined this week or in the next week uh, off the back of this free week, we're going to be putting in a prize draw to win a football shirt of your choice. And so if there wasn't an incentive enough before to, to come and join and get involved with the Ultras community, there's an extra one. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Wednesday next week here to do a Serie A preview. But, of course,
1: you can see us on Monday for the Post Box. Take it easy. Peace.